Recording in progress. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Loose Heads Sports Show, the number one sports show on planet Earth, proudly brought to you each and every week by the terrible human beings that run Caffe and Gum Australia. Ladies and gentlemen, um, and EP Journals, caught up with Carlo Tizano on the weekend. Oh, yes. Also brought to us by EP Journals, a fine, the, the best journals in the industry. Get one. If you don't have one and you're not chewing Caffe and Gum, then you're really not doing anything, are you? I'm going to get one of the coaches' ones. Are you, have, are you going to get one? Mate, I'm, I'm I'll buy more, you one. I'll buy you one for your birthday. I'm more than happy to get one, whether it be bought for me or I buy it, I'm more than happy. Yeah, I like supporting the boys. Though. They anyone that sort of puts their head, you know, puts himself out and does some sort of entrepreneurialism while still playing playing professional sport deserves the utmost respect, I I believe. And support. I, I agree. Um now we were we you we are gonna have a guest at some point. He will join the chat. Um just charging his iPad, he reckons. He's charging his iPad. Lord knows what he's been yeah. using that iPad for before now, but that's okay. That's not what we're here to judge. Um, firstly, we've got to tick off two things. Oh, one thing really importantly, um, Cowra won again on the weekend. Big win. What a great a- club. What a great place. Great club. Yeah, it's just Good great people club. there. <laughs> it's, just, it's my favorite place <laughs> in the world. So um, congrats to the Eagles. I know second grade went down, but first grade got the chocolate. So well done out there. Um can I just do some little promotion before we launch into this? Just mate, very quickly. Do whatever you want, mate. I just got to put out um, – I just put out a podcast with Roy Simmons yesterday. So, Royce is doing a big walk from Goolagong to Panthers Stadium over the next 10 days, I think it is, to raise money for dementia. Um, listen to the podcast. He's awesome. Uh, he's been diagnosed with dementia in the last year. And um, what he decided to do is rather than just – you know, lie down and take it. He just, he's looked at what he can do to actually get some positives out of it and delay it and fight back. So he took up walking and part of his idea was to do a big walk to raise a ton of money for junior rugby league and for dementia research um, over the next 10 days. So give that a listen, Wandering Bear Sports Podcast. Yeah, give it a And sure. that's it, mate. Let's just get I'd into be, it. I'd be, mate, I'd be sulking. But if, I was, if that was me, that's just reality. So if people who do things positively like that is... Uh... I don't know. It's it's, a, it's far better human than I am. Jeezy had some. He had some fucking cracking stories. Like he told me, um, I asked about like great characters, and he said, um, he, after he retired, he went up to Brisbane to take some clients to a State of Origin match, and they've gone out in Caxton Street after the game, and Alan Langer's dancing on a table on a bar, shirtless, just wearing his undies, just with two beers in his hand. And yeah. um, someone else has tried – and no one's given him a second look, of course. And someone's tried to jump up on the bar with him. The security guards have run in, tackled that guy off the bar, thrown him out, and just everyone's just bringing Alfie Langer beers all night. So Just let him dance. Don't <laughs> you touch can do whatever dances. you like in Queensland if you're fucking good. You can look. You cannot touch the dancers. And that's, <laughs> a, rule, that's a rule that goes around many places. That's uh, right. That's right. How's your weekend, mate? Uh, yeah, not off. Oh, oh. It was okay. I we were we were very bad on the weekend. I think we had twenty something unforced errors. So um, seemed like more like a five set tennis game with those stats. Um, but look, got 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 the chocolates. West have been a bit of a hiccup for us. Caught up with Steve James, who was one of my first coaches. Um, he was the one who basically taught me that I could get away with having good skills and being a soft cunt through my whole career. So it was good to see him. He's a big fan of the pod. Um, 
Yeah, shout out to that guy. Shout out to Steve and Naughty's son. But yeah, not a bad weekend, mate. Oh, oh, Should we introduce today's very special yeah, guest? Yeah, you can introduce him. He's a uh, fun. Can you put your camera on? There he is. Holy dooly, there he is. Ladies and gentlemen, very special guest, the second best second rower ever to come from Yamba, New South Wales, Waratah's captain, Jed Holloway. How are you, mate? How are we doing, lads? Good to see you, mate. Thanks for doing this. We're just talking about our weekend, so happy to just jump in. Yeah. Let's go. How was your weekend? <laughs> um, mate, it was good. Obviously, tough loss against uh, the Canes. Um, I think it was a game we should have won, but, um, you know, it's, it's the way the game goes, eh? Um, but, the know. turnaround in a year, mate. The turnaround in a year. Like, saying that you should have won a game like that, it's quite amazing, really. Yeah, that's the hard part about it, though. Like, we're... Even though you can look at the positives and say how how well we have turned around, it's still like to be fifteen nil up at half time and and not take that one away, it, it, it hurts. Um, but yeah, after it, mate, I I went down to the cabin and did a bit of soul searching, which was good. It's good. You've been known for those sort of vision quests throughout your <laughs> career, going going away and taking some time. I, I agree with Chubby. I think the like I watched it live. Um, it was a dominant first half. You had all this sort of field position, um, all most of the possessions, scrum pads, like things were going your way. Um, I got a question: how how much of the game, like I suppose, I suppose this is way too rugby related for what we wanted to do today. But how much of the, like, do you prepare to use all your your all your bench every week? It's it's like a it's a given that everyone's getting on at certain times, or is it? As the you've, game got an, you've got an agenda here, don't you? No, I don't. I absolutely don't. I'm curious because me and Ben were discussing, like the games would become more of, I suppose, if the All Blacks use, you know, all their bench. It's a, it's a thing. You know, Attitude Shield's probably not quite as a thing where you use all of them, but you have some fresh guys maybe. So how much of the game do you, is prepped where guys are coming on? Mm, I think, I think the front row is kind of around that sort of fifty to sixty mark. Um, yeah. they're kind of always expected to come on and try and make an impact. Um, I think with the rest of the stuff, it's it's kind of just as as the coach feels. Um, yeah. mate, in, in saying that, it was good to see Langy Langy Gleason get the ball in his hand at Super Rugby, mate. He's a he's very good. He's the closest thing to Cliffy I've I've seen, you know, around the Tars. I um, um I took a drive out to uh near St. Augustine's to sit with his mum and mum and dad and the older brother to sign him when I was working in the, uh, in the underworld. And he, uh, child was, rugby. Was this for prison rugby? Yeah. Yeah. Prison yes. rugby. Um, <laughs> and he, he did one year, one year after that in prison rugby and then just said, nah, I'm going to Manly Colts. And he, he's a killer. And I've been telling people, and I know you've had good reports on him, but he's ball running and power, but he's also got that nerdy, like, Training ethic, like he's just got that crazy training ethic, which you don't get a lot from young kids. So he's going to yeah. be really good. He's going to be really good, mate. And he's like, he runs faster. Like uh, I think his speed is something that people don't under. But he's the fastest in our forward pack, um, easy and probably the most dynamic. And as you said, like his work ethic is just head down, bum up. Like go, come in, get it done. Learn as much as he can. Doesn't speak too much, and and uh, and rips in, which is good to see. 
it's perfect really for a younger guy. It's really what you want. Exactly. They're really giving you the are they really giving you the week off? Is that true true story? As it stands, yeah, which is you know, it would be good to go over there, but this is probably the most, you know, consecutive games and consecutive eighty of super rugby I've I've played in my whole career. Um and doing that on the tight end side of second row is is uh fucking hard. It's, it's been a grind, yeah. Um but you know, DC's been good and, and thrown the idea of of me resting this week and it's it'll be it'll be good to freshen the body up a little bit. I support it. Oh mate, absolutely absolutely. At your age you'd take any rest you can get, surely. Did did you get in the water down at Era, incidentally? I did, mate, I did. I, I went diving for lobsters. It was a any success? No success. I saw a couple, but I was getting washed over a a couple of bombings and stuff like that. And I was like, oh. if someone, if something was to happen down here, I wouldn't probably, not this many people know. This your is own. the thing, mate. This is the thing. This is it. This is what the thing is. If you wash up dead, I'm going to be so fucking pissed off with you because one, we won't have a number one supporter of the podcast, but don't you just feel the sharks coming? Or am I being uh, a city boy? Am I being a city boy here? Tell me if I'm being a city boy. Mate, well, there, Are you going to come couple, down one day? There was a couple of times when I was... Because that's my first dive since the shark attack that happened at, um, at Maroubra there. And I was like... I was having a battle in my head and it was more like... It was like, I've got to get back on the horse here. I can't let this affect me. It's like a nice day. Swell was a bit big, but I'm like, I just got to get in there. And then literally it was like three o'clock in the arvo, like shade was over where I was diving. It was a little bit murky. So I was swimming around like... And every, every time I got into a little bit of deep water, that's the first thing that just kept on popping in my head. Just, there's definitely a shark around. What should? Were you on your own? Were you on your yeah. own? Do you have any yeah, I, was on my, I was on my own, yeah. I wouldn't... Um, so I've been down there a couple of times, Gillespie. You should come down one day. It's fucking awesome down there. Um, but I, I went with Jake Doug, and I, I couldn't imagine doing it on my own. I'd be scared shitless. I was scared of someone. Quite a fair bit of, I've done... A fair few solo dives, but yeah, definitely. You was... just hear who, who's that snowboarder that died a few years ago? Um, this has taken a really negative turn, but anyway, <laughs> if you ever get the chance to come down, Gillespie, you should we should go down one day. It's really fucking good down. I'm there. happy to spot you from the shore, like with a fishing rod, but I'm not getting I'm not getting out there because I'm I look like a seal if I'm wearing a a, a leather a land like a land walrus. I look like a land walrus that's been tanning, and I'm just I'm just going to get eaten. I like swimming. I like sort of surfing. I take the Maccas tray out there, get in the green room, but <laughs> I, I'm not fucking I'm not diving for lobsters. You're all crazy as shit. Well, Gillespie, you just need to outswim Chubby, and I don't know. I'd like to I see can, you in a swimming race, but I, I could actually swim. I was a state swimmer, breaststroker. Oh, Coffs Harbour is not a state, mate. I've told you this so many times. Coffs Harbour is not a state. It's just a place. But in all honesty, man, was... I, I really I really do think you, out of all people, Gillespie, could use a soul-cleansing experience like a Euro. I don't Go down there, turn the phone off, go relax. I've got go a big problem. Mate, this, this podcast is my biggest problem. I moved... Ever since I've moved into this little shanty that I'm residing in at the moment, I 
I only really talk to my parents on the weekends, so they listen to the podcast. Mate, that little like, four-bedroom fucking mansion that you live in that, you know, I mean, all I mean, your degenerate shanty. activities are paying for. Well, my Flex. parents think I've got massive, like, bigger problems than I do, and my problems are already big. Now they think I'm a drug addict because Chubby keeps fucking referencing it every hey, week. Holloway, Holloway, have you ever heard of a, a lawyer who, who works in a warehouse living in a four-bedroom mansion? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't add up, does it? No, I'm building. I'm a builder at the moment. I'm building decks. That's right. Um, but they, they, I only catch up with them on the weekend, and they sort of give me the side eye if I ask them for an extra. I can't believe they even listen. I can't believe they listen to this. They have to to find out about my life, and they give. Me, I go, "Oh, mum, how, how about a little? How about a little lobster for some for some diet cokes on the way home?" And she gives me the side eye. Harvey keeps talking about drugs. <laughs> Well, it's only because you sell them to me every chance you get, or try to, because I, I wouldn't ever buy them. But um, let's let's actually do what we usually do and go through the shoot shield, Jed. I know you pay attention to everything. Just because Holloway's here, we shouldn't change things. Let's just go through the usual. I'm glad I got that on camera too, by the way. But let's let's go through the results. Do you want me to talk about the Souths uh, yeah, well, weekend? Do the do Souths, and then um, we'll quickly do the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard to win a game when you win forty-seven percent of your lineouts. Oh, um, and but if you, um, there's a few key moments in the game that let us down, and, and it's like the more the more and more I'm watching, it's key moments in games are really what let you down. We didn't catch a kick on the full ran with guy scored off it. Our lineout more was going towards the line, and our ripper collapsed thirty sec thirty centimeters from the line. And we, we were over the line and the guy knocked the ball on. So if, if all those things went our way, uh, that's a game that we win. And if you win a couple more lineouts, you know, that, that's a game that we win. But um, watch the game. The ball's in play for 36 minutes, which apparently is more than what happens for Super Rugby. And it was, mm. apart from a few things, a quality game. Um, I mean, Randwick deserved to win, I think. Um, and we'll just keep going. Like, what else can you say? Yeah, there's not much else. You just got to keep grinding. I, um, what happened when the yellow card happened? Because I literally walked. There was two yellow cards. From oh, was there the first one? I think it was around like the 60th minute mark. I literally walked. No, no, it was just just before half time. Just before half time. So he's oh, yeah. like he was off. He must have been offside or something. I, I don't know what it was for. It looked like the most ridiculous yellow card. Oh, I, I saw one with like a, the seatbelt type tackle on the sideline, and it was yeah. twelve all. And I literally walked from the physio room to the team room. Then I got one of the boys to put the score up again, and it was 24-12. Yep. Yeah. So, wow. you know, I, you wouldn't say the boys aren't confident, but confident teams probably win those little moments more than they lose them. Yeah. Um, look, we've, we've had a number of games with a couple of little moments have gone our way. It's a different result. Uh, again, that's on us, but... This is probably the most PG answer I can give you, Gillespie, really. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I, I can say nothing about our post-match was PG on the weekend. Um, we were awful. Um, as I said, uh, we had 20-something unforced errors. Um, and it was all just balls in play. It was all ball in play, handling, you know, things like that. So, look, at the end of the day, we got out of there with the, with the chocolates, but there was no chocolates being eaten in the sheds. I can tell you that for free. And... Six to twelve, as per usual, Saturday night was on huddle in a lot of capital letters. Um, I'm really curious how you do that straight after a game. Don't you have like 
I needed to let it sit for a little bit and take the emotion out of it so I can well, look at it logically. I've heard like, I've heard it different from different coaches, right? In terms of look, there's a few one of the realities is I gotta work. So I have to do it at some point. The other, I suppose, thing is the players know that I fucking give a shit, particularly after disappointing games. They actually like they really like to get it early. But I've heard some coaches being like, no, they need to sit and marinate on their own juice you know, till Sunday. So sometimes we delay it, but, you know, I, I do do it straight after the game um, just from both necessity and from, you know, it, you know, it drops over at bloody 12 o'clock and the players who are still up thinking, go, all right, you know, let's, let's, they take it seriously. So, you know, I've heard both ways on it though and I, I'd accept both ways. Um, yeah. Out of the Tars do it, Jed? Did do, they'd, they'd be straight up after the game, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they get straight into it after the game, but they don't really. They ask players to do an individual review and have it by by Monday morning before, like the team review comes out, so like they can see what you're seeing and if your thoughts align, or if there is a collision, like if there is a clash of thoughts, and you can go address it. But like for me, doing my individual review, say like we play seven o'clock Saturday night. Because you're that wide on uh, the great caffeine gum Australia, you don't get to sleep until two. I, I tend to come and bang out my reviews straight away while it's while it's all fresh in my mind. What rewatch the game back and 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 get my thoughts on things. So how does that? So how, how do they want your reviews to look? Like, are you sending them clips of things that you did well, things that you did badly, or is it just things that you need to work on for that week? No, like highlighting the good and bad, but like you know, talk about. I go through attack, defense, um, line out and scrum. And then basically at the end, just my initial thoughts on like vibes of the games, calls we made in game. And that's mainly for your leaders to do. Um, they wouldn't expect a younger guy to share the thoughts on like what decisions we made in the game. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just do attack, talk about ball carry, attacking rough, whatever, defense, our system and how I thought I tackled and then um, how I line out function and obviously more. And then scrum, I just say, give them feedback on how I felt behind certain props and stuff like that and, and what the thoughts were out there. The data's fresh on a Saturday night for me. So, I like, I, I agree with – like, I, I, I would do a similar thing. The – uh, yeah, look, the, I, sometimes Chubby as well, like I'll have initial thoughts I'll write before the review, like just off the game, I'll be like, I thought he was really good. I thought this worked really well. And then video might either disprove it or prove it, you know, as well. So, have you found that you're getting better at, at seeing things in the game live the more you do it? I'm not or was sure. that already a strength or already a strength of yours to start with? Uh, I'm not sure because to be honest, the, during the games, really when I – um, it's mo- mostly emotional, um, whereas post games analytical. So I, I don't know whether I'm wh- what I'm seeing live. I'm just I'm just fucking holding my diet coke and hoping we score a lot. Um, but yeah, it's really post match where you, you break it all down. Um, but do you want me to quickly go through the uh, other results if if it, ple- if it pleases the jury, Your Honor? Um, so Uni knocked off East. Pretty well. I, I think that's pretty well. I saw that coming. They should. They should have. Yeah, twenty-one fifteen. Saw that coming. The Rats beat uh, Para in an interesting game. Um, Para is still kicking up a stink. We've got to play him this week. So, um, 
look, Rats were in control for the for the whole game, but you know, I don't know. Para hung in there. They scored enough points. By the way, can I get an amen on what the budget is at Para at the moment? Is it fucking two million dollars? What's happening? Salary over there? cap. No, we Salary don't have a, cap. The cap got scrapped. I, I was wrong about that. Apparently, so we're still on the point system. Are they operating on four billion fucking points? What's happening here, mate? Well, mate good question. They they just got, got a got shout out to Liam. I know. I know you're listening. I think they just got a six foot eight second rower from sales. So. Yeah, but the tens from England, the isn't I think pretty sure the sevens from England. Like what's the what's the budget, Parramatta? You guys got a, a hotel? You stocking these guys in? What's fucking going on here? You looking for a job next year? No, I, oh, actually that is quite local. <laughs> if they're willing to throw the spinach around, like it, I don't know. I have no idea what sort of spinach is getting thrown around, but they've got some. Look, they've got some guys from around the shoot. They've got some guys from Para, and they've got some guys from fucking nowhere near here. So I want to know what the budget is. Um, the Norse come back to beat Gordon in an interesting one. Um, I've watched that game. Did you watch no, that one? No, nah, there's only so many hours in the day. I can't watch that one as well. But I, I don't know. That was always going to be a tight game. Norse needs to get back on their winning horse. Um, Reckon Billy Melrose is under the pump there. Hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how these things work. If you. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought, to be honest, I wouldn't have thought Billy was under the pump at Manly if you look at how Manly went for that four-year span or whatever, five-year span. Like, they went, you know, grand final, majors, majors, like some seriously good results. Mm. Um, Gordon still, I wouldn't say, are battling at all. They've just had a, some really tight games. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I've got no fucking idea. They've got, they got a bit of spinach as well, Gordon. So, um, I'd be happy. So, you said, you're sitting on the fence a little bit today, like, Where's all the fire that you usually have? Okay, I'm going to say no. I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't think he is. Go fuck yourself. I think he's fine. Um, what I'm really angry about. Actually, no, I'm happy with this. How the fuck did Hunter beat Manly? Thank you for beating it. Firstly, Hunter. I'm a big fan of that. Was that, was that was it at Newcastle? Yes. That's probably how. Hey, what do you mean? That's how. You know, big trip up the fucking highway. A couple of beers the night before, potentially. Are they legit, Hunter? You get big Roos singing their praises every week down uh, at Waratah's training. Yeah, he he's a big he's a big clubman, Ron Smith. He is, he is. He's a big icon. brown paper ba- brown paper bag. Uh, Old brown paper anyway. bag. Hen, uh, <laughs> Alleg- alleged. I think he's played in Coke Zeros. I think he's played in. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Uh. What? What I would. Yeah. Hold on. They, they're a good. They're a good football. They're a decent football side. Um, they've got a good thing going there. It's a nice place to play. One thing that, again, we talk about every fucking week, though, is they've got two grades and one Colts. So you've just ke- you've just booted Penrith. You needed to be booted. You've got a couple other clubs battling to field the teams. And then you go, right, but we'll bring a team in with two and one. Yeah. So, with a huge nursery out there as well, just quietly. Yeah. Well, but whatever vision quest you're going on Saturday night is the same as Sydney Rugby Union's board when they make these decisions because it's just fucking abominable. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Um, but look, they're a decent football side. If you're not switched on when you play Hunter, you lose. Fair, Chubby? But I think that's the same with every team in this comp, mate. We say it every week. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree. I think some are falling now. I think some are falling. But I, I, I agree. I somewhat agree, yes. So we're playing you guys next week? Yes. 
Mate, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and I figured I, I figured that the losers should have to get the winner's name tattooed across their neck. <laughs> if 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 we win, <laughs> if we if we win, you've got to come out on a on a night on the piss with the entire Chubb family. I could die though. Dangerous. <laughs> yeah, anyway, let's let's move on. Let's move on. Super rugby, or is that all the shoot shield results for the week? That's pretty much all the shoot shield results. I didn't have anyone come back to me about my fucking ranting about Manly from the week before. Um, so I'm just going to take that as a guilty plea, um, and I'm sentencing you to my hate list. Uh, go on. Well, while I got you boys, I got to ask a question. With the mall, have you say you've played Sydney Uni yet? Jed Gillespie? No. Okay, so if the back lifter steps around before penalty. the mall's even started, it's a penalty, isn't it? Penalty. Yeah. Penalty. Okay. Because I'm bringing it up to the I'm bringing it up to the refs every week, and nothing's happened. Well, that's ironic because we've been penalised for it. So I don't know what the the, the week to week consistency is, is getting odd. Oh, the one uh, we are, the other one last week is his situation for you. I got a pass to Chubb to score the try for a win, win, win score the try, right? Holloway, you slapped the ball down, but, Chubby, but, but, Chubby like still, but Chubby still scores. Is it a yellow? Well, it's like a yellow against the Crusaders, and they got one as well. They, we illegally collapsed them more. They still ended up scoring the try, but it gave them a penalty try and a yellow card. Well, yeah, well, I mean, uh, this is the thing. Like the uh, another the other week against Manly, the ref said because he scored, it's not a yellow. That's horrendous. Correct. Which was then backtracked on, but fucking, I'm I don't deal with the, the um the, the the questions and whatnot unless they're very specific around scrums. But I can see why head coaches just fucking go grey in the hair very quickly. I'll tell you that for free. Well, you won't have that issue. No, I won't have that issue. Oh, which one? Head coach or grey in the hair? Both. Grey in the hair. Well, I could go if I go grey in the beard, my life's over. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about that the other day. That's I was, true. I was trying to get to sleep and I just thought if I go grey in the beard, I'm fucking done. I can't go baby face. It's a bad look. It makes my chin look weak. Um, it makes my chin ginger look weak. beard is kind of a win for you at the moment. Yeah, it is no, a, it's a, it is a win. It really shapes the face. But if it goes grey, I'm fucked. I'll look old as shit. But you're not mm. looking up. You're not looking for women anymore at this stage in your life. Right? Yeah. See, this is a keen. This is how we know he's a keen listener of the uh, of the program. No, I, this is week three of celibacy, um, uh, deliberate celibacy, and oh yeah, deliberate, deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going well. Um, obviously, none of the apps on the phone anymore helps the data. I don't have to pay for as much data, so things are looking good. The boys are just getting my full attention at training. And I find line-outs very arousing now, so that's it. How's Waylo going? Uh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got to bring him up every episode. Oh, no, it's really good because as I try not to bring him up, you will then go ahead and bring him up. Um, good, he had a line break on the weekend, so that'll that'll throw everything take in. It an absolute blender. Take it after his coach there. Take it after his coach. Yeah, but that's not, not the key to success, as we've learned many times on this podcast, <laughs> taking out his coach, so... Uh, look, he had, a, he had a good game on the weekend, so that's that's all I've got to say about James Whalen. And he'll he'll end up at the Rebels next. Okay. Oh, geez, I need to be careful. What I <laughs> yeah, well, we got the Waratah captain with us. We got to be a little bit. Well, PG, I'm still I'm we? still waiting for Melbourne's decision on what they're doing with their players because 
if they decide in their infinite wisdom to send them all to Queensland, no one who I've ever met again will go to Melbourne because what's the incentive of us sending players to Melbourne? They haven't produced anyone. They haven't made anyone better. And then in the off-season, you send them to Brisbane. Never again. Never anyone I ever meet will go there. I will tell them fake stories like it's the African jungle to keep them away from Melbourne. You don't have to tell them fake stories. Hey, so who's, story. t- who's telling you they're going to Brisbane? Very reliable sources. Because I've heard otherwise from very Depend. reliable sources. Well, it, no, if they're... Uh, actually, not that reliable, to be honest. If they're affiliated, <laughs> so if they're an Eastwood junior, they would be coming back to Eastwood. But if they're a guy who wants to play or is slightly less affiliated than a junior... They would be going to Brisbane. Just to be, to be baby through a competition. Baby, baby. Baby, Bob. Bob, Bob, Bob. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Three weeks of celibacy and just smoking weed every day. Oh, Can't be good for you. It makes it drives me so fucking anyway. So look, if that pans out, it depends how that pans out. But um anyone So we talk about super rugby. Yeah, well, super rugby, uh, the task game. What were your thoughts on the task game? We've got the bloke here. I, I, I was the the first half was going very well. I, I thought a big, and I did mention this to Holloway. Not that he needs my fucking opinion, but I thought a big turning point in the game was the the change of the front row from the Hurricanes. I know that sounds so. Of course, he would say that because he's a prop, but it's true. That's I, I found that to be a bit of a point where the game started to hinge. Yeah, yeah. Asking Jed that. It's just a comment. So when we're on a yeah. panel, three people, I'll just say a comment, and then anyone else just chip in next. Right? <laughs> what did um? What did Patty get red carded for? Uh, like a yeah, little shoulder to the head. Like Geordie Barrett caught a kick, and Patty just ran in, chested up, and shoulder him to the head. But it yeah. was very, so, not, so nothing. Nothing. It was thing. very 2022. It was very yeah. 2022. But what are you going to do? He got off, which is a good thing. He should have got off. He yeah. It's that whole thing with the rugby collisions and stuff like that, which I've kind of brought in now. It looked more like a rugby collision than than it's not what it's not like he was intentionally trying to shoulder him to the head. But there's uh, no what do you what do you as a player, what, what do you make of all that? Because it's like any contact with the head at all, whether it's on purpose, innocent you know, a bit lazy is, is automatically a penalty or a yellow or a red card. Do you think that that's a good thing? Do you guys consider that in your training? What's your uh, take on that? Yeah, you definitely got to consider it into your training and like you, you train scenarios where, you know, you're down to 14 men or like the situation we had earlier in the year where where we lost our, both our hookers and then our, also our third string thrower in Angus Bell to a red card earlier and it's like you that's something that was probably a once in a career scenario um yeah but yeah you do try train for the worst case scenarios for sure um, so they'll occasionally go team a's got a yellow card you're out for 10 minutes or yeah. five minutes or whatever it is yeah so, so it's, uh, it's almost conceding that it's going to happen though yeah. rather than because it's part of the game rather yeah. than going okay let's fucking go back to square root how the fuck are we going to avoid all these unavoidable head contacts? It's just conceding. It's going to happen. Let's train for it. Yeah. Well, it is. It's like no one goes out there intentionally trying to take someone out. 
shoulder to the head. It's no you know, Swinton's, Swinton's injured, so it's never that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's just a joke. We know you know we love you, Logan. As a captain at Super Rugby level, do you like how much extra work do you have to do around that area of the game, managing referees? Do you meet with them before games? Like I know some coaches will talk to the refs before games. Do you are you a part of that? Like, what's that like fit from your end? Uh, I mean, no, I think DC goes through, like DC and the coaches would talk about the issues that they've seen with the team coming up um, and follow up on what issues happen in the game to, to try to get answers around it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's all like with me or with Jake, whoever's captain, um, it's just all about, you know, talking to the ref before the game. And then trying to manage him, like I'm very much someone who like to let him do, like let the referee do the job that he's there to do. And if he's got comms to me or or I need, I have a couple of points to raise to him. It's just trying to find the best opportunity at the moment. I, but yeah, it's it's not something that you know I I wouldn't want to get too much involved with um, because I feel like you could almost overdo it sometimes. And yeah, you can. You'd be white. would be white noise to to the referee if you. Yeah, I I, I agree with I agree with that. I mean, that, that's a very sensible way to view it. I feel like if you respect them, they'll respect you in terms of their space. But one of my pet hates is like Chubby. You've been there for the pre-match scrum like meetup, and then one of the props will just go on an absolute rant to the ref. And I think I literally just walk into the sheds and go, "Game's over." <laughs> like they're human beings so if you you know if you go up to him and be like mate this is what i saw you could, wouldn't believe how bad their tight end is he's bloody doing this he's doing that he's doing he's doing this you go well the game, you've just cost us five penalties you can't particularly if you're doing it as well no. well but also like if you're constantly there going like this is their tight as bad like he's angling in and stuff like that it means you need to be perfect and stuff like I feel like you need to make sure you do everything perfect. As soon as he sees a bad picture, he's going to be like, oh, Angus or fucking HAH or whoever's trying to collapse. So give the penalty the other way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree so much. But, yeah, that's a good question. That was a fucking very respectable question, Chubby. Well done. Who are you voting for in the last election, <laughs> Gillespie? Me? <laughs> Oh, have yeah. you heard? I mentioned on the podcast last week. I've actually got some feedback <laughs> since I'm a tradie now. That fucking jingle, yeah. the Liberal Party's jingle about the hole in your bucket. Have you heard it? It's outstanding. I don't know. Oh, fucking. Can you play it for us? Get off Can you sing it or something first? There's a hole in your budget. Dear Labor, dear Labor. Have you not heard that? <laughs> oh, I don't need to hear that fucking, again. Mate, it's got me. I, I don't know what I'm doing with that. I've also lost Chubby now, uh, and he's back. Hold on, I'm back. Uh, but that's a hell of a jingle. I don't know whether it's going to determine who I vote for. Um, but, yeah, as I said, I, I've really just been struck down by that candidate from Asquith who um, wants to build new ramps. So even though I'm not in his electorate, I will be advocating heavily for the new <laughs> ramps at, at Asquith train station. Now, every time I see a Clive Palmer ad oh. on the road, I try and get a photo for it and just do the reface app so that it's you. <laughs> Well, it's one of my favorite hobbies because <laughs> I know you're a huge fan of him. Well, I, I, I'm not not a huge. Uh, I wish he was a little bit skinnier, uh, to be brutally honest. Because then the 
the refacings of me onto him wouldn't be so <laughs> offensive. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We, we've got to, I've got to go early vote today. I don't know about you two because surely you'll be busy Saturday. I do it in the morning, hard time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it. that's that's right. our politics for this week. For our listener that hates when we talk about politics every week, also um, a big fuck. You to everyone that hates swearing. Oh fuck, uh, mate! He, you, you called out Dowden last week and he didn't respond. What's that I about? I don't know. I, I don't have a relationship with him. What I said was, I'll send him. I'll send him the episode. Good, do it. I don't fucking. I'm not being held ransom by a fucking person on Facebook. Now all I heard was that, and I don't use Facebook anymore because it's for our parents' age. But. He was hammering Eastwood for the first three rounds. And I said, that's fine, but don't you come on any fucking bandwagons later in the season with one of those, oh, like he used to do at the South, oh, great men down at South. You got great at Jed Holloway and great at Duncan. No, there'll be none of that about Eastwood. You fucking, if you're fucking against me, you're dead. Can you get him on just so you guys can hash this out? There's nothing to hash just... out. There's no hash to be made of this. There'll be no hash from this. It's just a fucking... Well, that would be... Holloway, are you across the Brandon Shaw uh, fucking... What's his name? The tiger belly thing? Bobby Lee. That's just gone... Bobby Lee? No. Okay. We, we, well, I'll explain it to you later. It'll take too long. But Gillespie, there's an opportunity there. No, it's A little bit right. of controversy, you know. No. You can no. put him in his place a little bit. The Lions do not concern themselves with the opinion of the sheep. And I am a Labrador. So I fit right in the middle of that whole situation. Um, I actually, I, I don't have many other um, talking points to this week. I wrote one note down last week, which we forgot to talk about, Chubby. Um, yeah. that, could, that could lead us down the interesting path. Um, so my one note from last week on my notes app is that I had a multivitamin. So I'm not sure where my brain was at when I wrote that. But what I can tell you is, I think my body went into shock after I had the multivitamin. Did you What's eat um, before of them? Did you eat before it? Uh, I might have had a little, 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 pass, <laughs> little morsel or something. But I, my body had a, maybe it just hasn't seen vitamins in a while. I can tell you that it doesn't get much food like good food around here. But I, I think I, my body started shutting down. <laughs> um, can I ask a very serious question? Uh, are you one? Are you okay? And two, like, what motivated you to finally, at whatever age you are now, to finally start taking care of yourself? I'm 29. Um, I just, <laughs> no, you aren't. I'm 29. <laughs> Surely years not. Old. I'm 29 years old. Um, I had a, uh, I had the spicy cough, and then I went back to the tools because that's I'm Jimmy Barnes, working class man, and um, my, my auntie said take this multivitamin. Next minute. I go for a urination, as we all do. Stay well hydrated. It's fucking like purple. I'm, you failed a drug. You failed a drug test. I'm feeling the shakes. Well, I'm about. That's what I'm going to come to in a minute. And I'm just shaking around, going. My, I think my kidneys and my liver were just going. Well, I don't know what this is, but I don't like it. Does your auntie maybe do what you do for a little side living as well? My auntie's name is Stephen Dank. <laughs> <laughs> but. It, it, it took me back to it. Not only my body completely failing me because I don't eat fruit or vegetables, but it took me back to a question we had a while ago. But sups, Holloway, what sups are you guys on running in there? What obviously there's a few guys on the jab, but everyone else, what are they running? Um, 
Well, we've got this new uh, S&C head of performance from, I think, Edinburgh. Mate, he's unreal. That's, I think it was Glasgow, wasn't it? Glasgow. Um, yeah. Mate, he is unbelievable. Like, he's got us on any, any, everything, anything and everything, basically. Creatine, protein, all the vitamins that you need. Um, and it's all there ready to go when we walk in. So he's making us smack a few shakes a day and he's into me at the moment about eating as much as I can um, in this little week off that I got because obviously I come back a bit lighter this year and um, which is an interesting topic of conversation because previous years I've always told him that I'm too fat and to get skinnier and now it's all about me trying to get a little bit heavier. Um, was it, is that because of the positional change that that's come about? Because before you were a back rower, now you're playing second row. Obviously, can be a little he, bit. Was he though? He was. He sort of was in the second row when he left. Yeah, I was always kind of in and out. Um, mate, I just think because I've come back a bit leaner and stuff like that, I tend to drop weight quite easily, and um, it's just all about keeping it on. I've experienced this as well, Holloway. It's body height. So when you come back in the nick that we're wearing at the moment, so obviously looking good, things are all in the right places, people start to want to shit on you, right? And that's 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 day one. Um, but uh, so the, the the one that I put my finger on there was the creatine. Creatine was, has been the big bad wolf of the supplement industry since I've been a child. Um, Chubby, I don't believe you take supplements or go to the gym, so maybe just leave this one to me and Holloway, but... Um, <laughs> I was never allowed creatine as a as a growing boy. I because you remember there was rumors that it used to shut down your kidneys and things like that. Yeah, remember that that era? Yeah, I was probably like Actually, when we were year, year eleven coming out of boys. Yeah, uh, that's right. Creatine loading along with wearing. Power yeah, there. that's right. Um, sorry to interject some <laughs> sensible uh, opinions here, Gillespie, but creatine is actually the most tested supplement. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. It was just no, as one. in like scientifically tested, so that it's yeah, it's got the most scientific research into its benefits. I just remember shoveling it into my mouth as like a seventeen-year-old, just trying to get muscles, <laughs> and, and people telling me it was going to fucking shut down my kidneys. Then here we are, twelve years later, I have a multivitamin and almost die. So, preteen. Actually, can I ask a serious question, uh, yeah. Holloway? Just. Fucking my brain just goes randomly. How fucked do you feel most of the time? Like, are you tired all the time? And, and how do you, like, because you train pretty hard, you play lots of footy. Like, I am. Like, how do you feel most of the time? And how do you get up for training? And, or, or are you just used to it at this point? Uh, yeah, I think during the season, you get to a point where you're used to it. And then, like, I, I think around like the last four weeks, I've definitely started to feel. Like Monday, Tuesday is kind of just like a write-off for me. It's just like getting through to Thursday and then you, I kind of like rebuild my week to, you know, train fast on Thursday, captains on Friday, and then you get excited for the game and have four pieces of caffeine gum for for the match. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a grind at the moment and I think, you know, it's been felt and it's been great of the coaches have, you know, given me some... Time to recover. But do, do you think it's as much mental as it is physical or is it mostly just physical? Uh, or is it mostly just mental? There you go. I think it – honestly think for me it's physical because it's 
I still get very, it's not like it's, it's hard getting to training every day. It's not like it's a, a grind, you know, how when you get into seasons, it just feels like it's a constant grind and it's never ending. It's honestly exciting to go, like to, to turn up and go to training each day and excited about the week ahead, but it's just all about structuring my week. So I can get the best result on Saturday. And if that means being fucked and miserable for Monday, Tuesday, then, then that's kind of the way it is. I, I always found it interesting when I first started playing grade. Obviously, there was a few professional props around and they're like, you, you just feel fucked all the time. And learning to deal with that is like the first thing that you have to to come to when you, when you become a professional player. Sorry, Gillespie, I cut you, you off get, there. Yeah, no, you get very good. I mean, I suppose that's what you get good at, right? Becomes you becomes your day in, day out, year in, year out. Even, you know, two or three months into being a pro, you sort of get immune to the tough fitness a little bit and the, yeah, fuck it, we've got another contact session. And so I suppose it becomes part and parcel with just the business. But I, I can understand why Holloway's a fairly headstrong character. So it's his, it's his body from the collisions at this point of the season that's sort of doing him in. Uh, I, think the, I think the key is, is like keeping that mentality all in check and not feeding it out through. I think in the past, like my prior experiences at the Tars, I'd get to a point where I felt fucked and I'd like, you know, have that drip feed through the, the team instead of just keeping it internal. Like for me, it's, you know, yes, you are feeling sore and battered and bruised, but you have also played fucking 16 games this year, but like, it's going to be okay. Like suck it up and make sure you're not feeding that into the team because, with a young team, it's it's um, you know it can be as you know as players like if one person's off it that quickly changes to ten people and then you know it it can change your whole dynamic of everything. Mm. What do you do apart from diving and going to Era? What do you do in your free time? Bit of, bit of uh, YouTube, bit of study. Listen to you blokes on my drive home. Oh yeah, I'm uh, I am trying to get through a uni course at the moment, um, trying to. The, Which one? My uni's at ACPE, so just yep. health and movement, mate, exercise science. Um, I've done, I've somewhat done, I may have done that on the side, so let me know. Yeah, yeah. Give me some assignments. Jesus, I've already done Gillespie well, that course. Mm. <laughs> a qualified lawyer. Now, That's right. What are you, the chippy? <laughs> Science yeah, scientist. Yeah, so you're doing you're doing uh, health movement. Yeah, at ACPE. Yeah. So Just what taking you... that away, trying to do two. Uh... Oh, here's one for you. You know, do you remember David Boyle? Yes. From uh, <laughs> yes. RA Academy. Yeah. So he's one of my units is strength and conditioning. And we're trying to get it just flicked through because of prior learning and stuff like that. But I gotta I need to sit down. Uh, and have a meeting with David Bourne. Our course coordinator said he's been flagged for a couple of warnings because he's he's doing lifting exercises with obviously these young kids out of school, calling them pussies and then <laughs> yeah. take, taking off his own shirt and showing them how to lift. So he was the S&C in and around NTS when we were growing up. Um, and I was never fully in NTS, but I had these little spurts where I'd be invited in. And I do remember like I'd come in and do a cardio session or something and he'd just be like, you are a fat pussy. 
Um, <laughs> basically, yeah. so he's a good judge of character. Yeah, no, well, he wasn't wrong, but he was sort of like this, like he was sort of just this old dude who, like, his knees had blown out, and he's got like a twenty-seven pack, but he's like, he'd just be like, "You are truly a disgrace of a person." So, like, yeah, that's where the, that's where all the emotional stuff started for me. But it's, that's well, that's do, good. Do any of the. Oh, I was just going to say, do do any of the other players do anything like that? Does does anyone do anything interesting on the side? Because obviously during the season you got a fair bit of time to do stuff. Like I I know Carlo and Cami all have their own little business um, that we mentioned every fucking episode. Who are the boys who at ACPA? I think. Yeah, me and Jake Gordon are out there. Um, a few at other unis trying to tick away. Um, just, you know, I, I got a bit of a late run at it, so I only just started probably two years ago. Um, but, you know, guys have been doing it throughout their whole career and I'm trying to do a little bit of, like, work experience elsewhere um, just to try guide my life. So um, when I'm done rugby, I can kind of know what I'm going into other than, you know, doing a Jed Gillespie and spending six years on a lawyer degree and then, Want to throw it in after a year. Mm, mm. Jumping in the pod, jump in the podcast game, mate. Well, Holloway, I'll tell you for free, mate. I can legally witness things, and I witness a lot of shit. So I'll I'll just put that out there. <laughs> what does that like, even mean? What does well, that you know mean? You, you know when you elaborate. You know when you do a stat deck, or you need to change your, you need to have a, like a justice of the peace witness your signature. Are you a JP? I'm like, yes, that is what I can do. So, some of the, the dumbest people I know are JPs. I'm not a JP, you idiot. I'm a, I, if you would get admitted to the Supreme Court, you can do that. So, you know, Hugh Roach is a JP. I do know Hugh Roach. That's JP. what I mean. Shout out to that guy. I know he'll be listening. He's listening. Um, <laughs> he'll be listening. He's no, probably here. Somewhere. So, how many uh, courses are you doing a semester? Do you say two? Doing two units at the moment. See, I, I, and I, I echo like, we the sentiment that you should do that while you're doing football. Um, but I, in my brief stint, tried to do one unit and fucking did not go very well. It was too hard. I was like, I want to go out to Chapel Street and drink beers or relax and watch movies. So I, I, I pulled out. I deferred. So the fact that you're doing it is very positive. Um, and it doesn't really matter how long it takes because – you know, your, foot, your footy career's, I don't know, probably got like, you know, five, six years, whatever it's got left in it, and then you'll be done anyway. So it's it's a good thing to do. Yeah, well, let's hope. Let's hope. And if you get yeah, yeah. If you get into any trouble and you need some tutoring advice, I tutor a few of the guys at the TARS. Um, just fucking hit me on my on my GMA and we can sort it out. They're the blokes you're doing. They pay you to do their assignments, don't they? No, no, no. no. That's not how it works. So what? <laughs> What happens is that I'll, I'll come in and help tutor, so assist in ways to study, assist in ways to study, Chubby, um, and and that, it's all it's all their own work. I believe you. I believe you. Um, what's that drug that they use in Limitless? Yes, I need that. I want that now. Yeah. I want that yesterday. No, I'm, mate, you should start selling that, selling that as well. <laughs> Chubby, Chubby messaged me the other day because we did. I actually did have some requests for the Jed sold me drug shirt. Um, and he's like, I've had heaps as well. I need to pull my finger out there. Well, no, he's like, if you ever want a proper job someday, um, you know, maybe you don't want people wearing Jed sold me drug shirts. But I said, mate, there's there's two Jeds in this town. 
There's two Jed Gillespie sold. Yeah. No, no, it's no, Jed no, no, Gillespie no, sold in drugs. Just make it broad. <laughs> as long as we keep it dead in general, there's at least three people whose parents weren't far-sighted enough to name them Jed. So, you know, it could be anyone. It really could be anyone. It's like John these days, mate. That's right. awesome. The only two Jeds in New South Wales on the same podcast together. Unreal. No, actually, I have one. I have a rugby thing to talk about because we were talking about it before it kicked off um, Holloway. And Holloway, you're, you could weigh in on this big time. Um, we were talking about different styles of players, right? Um, it's like, you, you know, I suppose you power guys. Chubby had a metaphor for it. Do you want to do the metaphor, Chubby? The piano-related? Uh, piano players or piano pushes. Yeah, I suppose, okay. So piano players pushes. I had it as sort of like a power, hard worker, or like a finesse sort of player. Mm-hmm. Um, you changed a little bit between like there was a point where your football changed a little bit. There's a point where my football changed a little bit. Yeah. Um, where you I'd probably say you were a hard worker and then you sort of became a bit of a power, bit of a finesse dude. Yeah. When like when was that? What what happened during that period that made you change? In terms of what like working around that because I reckon you know early on in my career I was probably considered a bit of a seagull. Yeah, no, so that's, I'm going to, I'm going to actually take you back before that. So like before your career really kicked off while we were still, you know, 18, 19, Mm -hmm. you didn't have that explosive speed quite yet that you you ended up getting. And then you got the, you ended up with sort of the seagull, your, you, your words, not mine, sort of. So you had a bit of like a muscular birth or something. (laughs) You had second puberty around 19 or 20. Well, like, mate, I didn't start living. Because I was a kid from Yambra, I didn't hit puberty till I was like 17. So I didn't like lift a weight or anything until I was basically that first year in the academy. Mm. Um, so I was just probably figuring out my body. Like always was a beach sprinter and stuff like that when I was a kid. So I was always quite fast. But it was just like, I guess, translating it onto a footy field, I guess, and working out how the game works. Like I was... Never made a rep team until I was 17 as well. So I never really played good quality football. I was probably just plodding around on the field out in Amber. Yeah. And it went from, it went from then again, like when you're like a wide running sort of guy. Yeah. Um, and now you've probably 50 50 it. So you've met in the middle, I'd say, or probably yeah. more, maybe more towards the, like the hard carries than the wide carries now that you're sort of on your, on your second coming. Yeah. And I think that's that's been the biggest, most important transition is trying to find ways other than just carrying the football to um, to have an impact on the game, like more D, line out. You know, I always saw myself as just a ball carrier and didn't really consider myself much other than that. I'm still not a still not a kicker. I don't know if you saw my drop kick on the weekend, but it is Went something you do not want to see. Yeah. Rolled that. Yeah. But in fairness, I'm like, where's the ten in that situation? Why am I the one trying it? No, I don't want it. I don't want it. In fair, like you got to fucking the game's going. You got to have a crack. Um, the well, it came up just because at you know at players for some reason, from what I can tell, like not dealing at shoot shield level, everyone wants a finesse game. Like regardless of position, I think finesse is the one that comes on the highlight reels and looks really cool. Yeah. But it's not valuable <laughs> it's not yeah. and, and it relies so heavily on the bounce of the ball and whether you get the ball and so like you know you, we are guys who are really good workhorses or really good power players 
And on the in the one-on-one interviews, they're like, man, I you know, I just want to, I just want, you know, I've been working on my offload or this or that. And I'm like, it's, that's not at all what's going to get you to the next level. Yeah. Like it's, it's a- Do you think that's a cultural thing from this country though? Like, do you think they have the same problems in South Africa and in England and France? I don't know. I don't live there. Do you know what I mean? Because here we kind of celebrate the Quaid Coopers and, you know, yeah, the Jed Gillespies of this world. and Yeah, but that's the thing. It did, like, I, I, my style of football got me fucking nowhere. So, like, I try and reiterate to that to people that, like, you got to tick the boxes that are already set there for you first. So, if you're a tight five like Holloway, you know, you got to tick the set piece and you got to tick the basics. Like, you can't just skip to five and tick fucking cutouts and flicks because, to be honest, it might look cool if the shoot shield, whoever runs a shoot shield account cuts it up. But apart from that, like, it's not going to be valued because it, it's just not really what people are looking for. Well, a perfect example, I reckon, is probably, like, Big Mark, Mark Noinoi Tawaze, or however you pronounce his last name. That was pretty good. Uh, um, but, like, he's obviously a freak talent, freak athlete, but he was probably known to do too much flashy stuff, turn over too much ball and not front up in the physical side of it. And he's completely changed his game also where he's, you know, got told, like, you need to front up defensively. You've got to stop throwing, you know, 50-50 offloads and because it's hurting our team. And he's honestly taken that on board and completely changed that. And he's still got the freak plays in him, but he, he's more of a, a stable winger um, who can finish really well. And that's a very good example. That's a very, yeah. just, that's a very good just example. Just on that, do you think it's on coaches to point it out to players and for players to be open to it for that to change? Or is it something that you have to have self-awareness about? No, nah, I, think, I think it's 100%, especially for young kids. I think it's got to be on, on coaches and stuff like that because I reckon, you know, when I was younger, I never, you know, I was – was making line breaks and stuff like that, but I didn't see it as, you know, the other stuff as an important side of rugby. It was only until really, you know, Cronny come in and started working with me, like working me hard around that stuff and, you know, really tried to make me, you know, start doing the tighter stuff. And, and it was a transition period because it was like, oh, well, I'm not, making line breaks or I'm not getting the hand, my hands on the ball. Like something that I've always liked to do is ball play a little bit. Um, and then, you know, this year it's just kind of been a, a perfect, perfect storm with everything where I get to ball play, I get to carry out wide a little bit. I get to carry through the middle and um, do a fair bit. So it's like, it's pleasing on that regard, but I, I, I definitely had some hard conversations with coaches and I know, I know Marky has as well to, kind of redirect them and, and kind of mentor and through that early transition of your career. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's the, and I like, I've had the same conversation because unfortunately it's the way my my time in rugby went was that, you know, everything clicked too late. Um, and, you know, guys, guys like Isley, like who came in to shoot you and, you know, he scored six, he scored like 16 tries in his season. That's great. But at the moment you're ticking box four without ticking the first three. And two of those are, you know, hard carries, tight tight tackles, things like that. So, like, you know, and it, it appears, and, you know, I think you'd agree, like you've got to tick your core components, but and then you get your additional. And mm. so Mark's additional is his, 
you know, he's got like a two meter jump and he, he, he's got a really good hands and he's steppy and things like that. But his core components of, you know, defense, you know, being reliable, you know, um, not no turnovers, things like that. So I suppose they got to come as well as that extra piece that sets you apart. Whereas I find so many guys want to focus on that extra piece that isn't part of like part of the core game and just be like, yeah, I really, I really want to be an offloader, you know. It just doesn't work. I think it just goes to show how important having good coaches is um, for young players' development. And, and also, I think players have to be open to it as well. Like, for me, like, you both saw me play. I was a terrible rugby player, but I could scrum a little bit. But nobody ever said to me, you're not going to make it unless you can play footy as well. I'd never had anyone say that to me until I was in my 30s. So, you know, and probably I was too stupid to realise it anyway, but... You know, if someone had said to me, "You you could do this if you actually start applying yourself to playing footy," then I might have had a different career. I probably wouldn't have, but I might have. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be on the player to. It's got to be on the player to. Um, to take. You've got to be open to it. You have to. You have to, and it might hurt in the moment, and it might like throw you a bit off, but um, it has benefits for sure. I. It's. It's. It's the self-awareness, Holloway. I, I always think that the, one of the most important things with football or coaching or fucking anything is having a rough perspective where you can place yourself where you're actually at. So if you're, you know, if you're, if you're the third best second rower at the Tars or you're the fourth best, you, and your your perception is yes, I'm there. It's guys where the guys that struggle with the feedback and the and the development is when they're like, I should be playing. I'm the best. You know, or there isn't a hole in my game. Like that's the guys who struggle. So, like I, for me, like if guys do their individual assessments and they're like, "I'm not there yet. I wasn't. This wasn't good on the weekend. This wasn't great on the weekend. Mm. Like I, I'm not. I haven't hit my game." It's the self awareness that's so helpful. Whereas if guys are like, "Man, I, I was really, really good on the weekend," and it's surprised that if there were holes in their game, that's guys who are going to struggle more with that transition big time. Do you guys have players that you've worked with? who are like that, who just lack a lot of self-awareness and you're seeing something and they're seeing something completely different? Yes. Definitely. Definitely. And, and oh, Chubby, you, oh, you, I'll just jump on this and you can go shoot straight after me. But obviously Batch, and you mentioned it on the weekend in the pre-match, speak, Batch is a guy who didn't live up to his potential as a footballer. He didn't. He was an absolute schoolboy superstar, um, signed straight from school, Three year deal with the Brumbies, NPC, five, six years on contract with the Waratahs, never lived up to his potential. Um, same as me. So, you know, straight into first grade as fucking 18. Ne- just never, just never got to where I suppose you'd think you, that person would get as an 18 year old. So when these guys do come, come across Eastwood, it's just painful because you go, that's your, you're heading exactly where I went. So, you know, yeah. like, and you try and get them. You do. You try and get me up, mate. You can't be late for training every day, mate. You got to get on. You got to get on better with the players. You got to. Why haven't? Why are you the only one who hasn't sent a review and things like that? I purely, you know, not only just for the team, but just like fuck, we've already been there. Like two, both of us have been there, and we don't want you there. We want you somewhere else because it's not an easy. But I, I think, I think young men have to learn it for themselves a little bit, and you can help guide them to it, but. You can't tell a 21-year-old 
anything really about that kind of thing. Like we got a, we got a guy at Seas who um, nearly every well not every but there's multiple Super Rugby clubs looking at him at the moment. And he is fucking awesome. And three years ago he was legitimately a third grader, and and you know was deemed uncoachable. And then for some in the last two years something clicked in his brain and he just took complete ownership of everything. Rarely injured very fit, does all the right things, but he, you could guide him to it, but he had to get there on his own. It's, it's just whether getting there on his own and that that time is going to cost them because some people take longer to get to that than other people, you know, and the iron is hot. Like, let's be honest, the iron is hot around that early twenties period. If you're, when you're in your early twenties, that's when the, when you got to strike while the iron is hot, while your body's killing it. And that's when super franchises like you, so that's why it's so fucking hard to see people who have got all the talent in the world and and just they're just not doing things that when they mature they'll go fuck fuck me. I feel like Holloway, you've something's clicked in you in the last couple of years, you know. And you, how old are you now? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah, so, so it's you know you 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 got in there early, but in reality, it's the last couple of years where something's really clicked am, am i wrong there no you're, you're right mate like it's, it's perspective like getting told that i wasn't wanted at the tars in 2020 and then you know going to japan and um not really playing that much and like it's a pretty harsh self-review that i did on myself and looked at where like different areas where i was shit and, and i had a bad attitude and all about fixing it and then also you know, having a family and stuff like that on top of that only makes you more accountable for your own actions and how it affects other people. So, um, yeah, I had to take a lot on and, and suck it up and, and work out what I really wanted to get from my career and how I wanted to be seen as a player, teammate, and, you know, as a person. So, like, it, it took a lot to get me to that point and... I probably matured a lot later than others because I probably was one of those players that, you know, was thought I was killing it. Or even though, even though I knew I wasn't killing it, didn't want to take the feedback on in a positive manner. I'd, I'd probably, you know, hang my head and be a bit acidic. And um, yeah, it's just, I guess, part of growing up. It's just gotta. It's it's bewildering what age does. It's yeah, fucking, it's fucking bewildering what how your mind changes between. 23, 24 even, and 29. Mm. It's fucking crazy. If you could take if you could take a 29-year-old's brain and just put it into a, a young talent, like yeah. they're, they're going all the way. And that's where you, got, you get guys who, and I'm not going to fucking say who they are, but who aren't necessarily the most talented but clearly mature. Mm. And they're guys who sit around in systems and play games for 10 years. Yeah. Mate, I would love to have what my brain... Like my perspective now, when I was 21, and um, you know, in the position I was at, because a lot of the things in my career I have regret over because I took a lot of them for granted. Um, but that's probably what's defining me at the moment because I, I don't want to take those opportunities or these opportunities that we got at the Tars or, or whatever as as something that I'm going to regret down the end of like later in my life. Yeah. You can't regret it because it, it's coming back to pay dividends now. Yeah. yeah so it's, you know, it's well, all, it's all everything, everything before leads you to where you are now. So <laughs> you, you can't really regret it. And like 
Gillespie, how many people really get second chances? You know, it's not a it's not a common thing. So to to have a second chance and to take full advantage of it, um, yeah, you know, is is a fucking awesome thing. It's like I look back at my playing career with complete regret as well. Like I, I had more fun than probably anyone, but I didn't make the most of my potential. And I'm taking what I learned as a player, in, hopefully, into the coaching realm and trying to make the most of my potential now. But yeah, everything you've done before leads you to where you are now. So yeah, hundred. I mean, that's the I'm only big way. Believe in that. That's the only way, Chubby. Like for that perspective, which I share, I just got to save someone. And I've got to save two people. I've got to save three people. And I know they've got to learn it themselves, but I've got to save them. Because, like, if I've already... I've, that's, I suppose, the advantage is, like, if I've... Or, and you and have already learned these fucking awful lessons and lessons that were... Some were unavoidable, some were very avoidable. And just go, make The good news is, I've already learned this for you here. Take it. Take the lesson. It won't cost you. And then you, you can just save that. You save a couple of people from going down a fucking a, a poorer pathway. Then you know that's the dividend that you get if you're not playing. Geez, I had some fucking fun though, Gillespie. Yeah, I had some fucking fun as well in my mid twenties, and um, it's all just pain. Well, fucking, it's all pain. As we said, dividends a few words. Now I'm staring at my bed and my kitchen at the same time. So that's how you know things are fucking flying. Let's let's do what we usually do. So we've taken up an hour of Mr. Holloway's time. For some fucking crazy reason, someone's letting you into a school to, to teach kids this afternoon. So let's finish up on a traditional. I enjoyed that conversation enormously. Uh, Gillespie, what's bothering you at the moment? Um, have you got any inspirational messages for our listeners? Uh, obviously, we're going to get, you know, maybe 10 more viewers because Jed's on. Um, something to fucking give the people some hope during this really tough time in our lives? Oh, actually, you know what? This week, this is going to be a serious one. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm peeling back the curtain a little bit. Firstly, buy property in Cowra. That's my first one every week. But Great, second, great place, Cowra. Absolutely great place. It's never too great late. Too. It's never too late to uh, change the direction you're heading. Uh, I've got a mate, mate of mine this morning. He's, he's, he's 28. Just got an absolute killer score on the GAMSAT. Blew it out of the park. Going to be a doctor. Another mate of mine who's been sort of working for a long time and now he's becoming a tradie. Never too late. So ha- take the gamble. Go in a new direction uh, and be happy rather than fucking stressed. Uh, so it's a, it's a oh, proper one this week. Can I comment on that? I've fucking got so many miserable people, not around me, but I know a lot of people who are unhappy at the moment. And I couldn't agree more with what you just said. Life's too short to tolerate anything less shit you enjoy. Oh, it's just it's like if people are going, oh, I'm already 26. How can I, how can I become a doctor? Extreme example, but um, you know, uh, you know, I'm 26. I haven't started my trade yet. Hey, what's 26? It's nothing. Just do it. It'll be done soon. And then when you're 50, mate, you know, I, I sell fucking chewing gum for a living. You can fucking do anything. I said, my, and I said to this bloke, <laughs> you know what I mean? I said, my mate's big into drugs. And he drinks a lot of coffee and he's selling chewing gum. So, like, you can do anything you want. Yeah, I was going to get a shirt that said drug dealer on it. Chubby, just walk actually, around wearing here's it. one for you. People are trying to make me become a teacher. And I don't know if I, I don't want to do it. Why is everyone doing that? Why is everyone fucking uh, trying to make me do that? Maybe, maybe Mr. Holloway could comment on that. Why? I swear all the time. 
You just look like a yeah. good teacher, good hard influence some of these kids need. That's right. With the like, rugby coaching, you'd get a good job too, probably. I don't want to, want to be like a director of rugby in King's College and earn a squillion dollars a year. Hey, they do earn a squillion dollars. I applied for some pats and I got knifed, and I think I know who I got knifed by. Um, name but, names. Name names. No, nah, no names. They'll be at the bottom of the ladder, so it doesn't matter. Um, in the black book? They're oh, fucking deep in the black book. It's just I, I got this thing in my head where one day I'm just for some reason on television. And I'm just spraying everyone, but not in that nice way. I'm just like, you know, it was a great privilege to coach against or, you know, it was a great privilege to work under. And really, I'm just sort of riding down in a parade with a fucking cigar, flipping everyone off. Now, I don't know what scenario Fuck that you, is. fuck you, fuck yeah, you, fuck, fuck you. Fuck exactly. You. I'm just going, and to him, he knifed me there. You're retired. You know, you're dead. Uh, you're a loser. Uh, just things like that. So, um, yeah, I, but those jobs, I don't want to go... <laughs> I don't want to go down the school path because the school rugby coaching makes me a bit sad. I don't. I like. I like coaching blokes. You can swear. You can make funny jokes. Um, you can. I don't know. Oh, it's just. I don't know. But people, everyone's trying to make me become a teacher at the moment, and it's it's making me angry. Well, how many fucking degrees do you have to do? Like, do you know I don't mean? know. You think that if I, I've already done a fucking couple, but now I don't want to do. Education. I don't want to. But be- it would only actually because you've already done all those degrees. It's probably just a year, and you could be a teacher. I think it's two years, and it just makes. I don't want to be a teacher, Chubby. This is what happened. <laughs> this is the conversation because I go, I don't really want to, and then they go, yeah, but it's not that long. Like, you just do it in any case, and then this is what happens. I get a fucking guy who sells caffeine pills, fucking trying to make me become a teacher. Me, I'll become a lawyer, Chubby. Yeah, man, I'll become a lawyer. If Tubby like, enrolls in a Bachelor of Laws, I'll enroll in a Bachelor of Education, and you've got it here on the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm self-aware enough to know that I could never be a lawyer. Fuck that. Anyway, that was a really good rant, Jed. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And um, how's the THC vape going today? You've done some cool smoke rings before. I've got it all on camera too, thankfully. <laughs> My mother doesn't use YouTube, so it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's an audio... Uh, this is an audio production to my parents. I don't do drugs. Um, I don't actually. I don't even. We have do. a strong no editing policy on this show as well. That's fine, but we don't. I don't do drugs. Uh, so when I see you oh, on Saturday right. at the football, just remember, Chubby's a liar. Okay. Right. So everyone's that's right. happy. Um, but appreciate. I will say very much appreciate uh, Mr. Holloway's time. Um, somehow we always get into something insightful. Um, sometimes me and Chubby struggle to get there. It takes 47 minutes. I think today we, we dive a little bit quicker into that. And I don't know. It's just interesting to hear some takes from the captain of the Waratahs. In all, in all seriousness, here we are fucking 10 years later, but the captain of the fucking Waratahs. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate That's it. fucking wild to think. That's yeah. fucking wild to think of, eh? Yeah. Do you ever think about that shit or are you just fucking next job, next job, and you worry about that shit later? I think it'll be something that I appreciate down my down the track, but um, yeah, at the moment it's it's just jobs. Job at the moment, yeah. It's fucking cool, man. I wouldn't like you don't think about these things when you're sitting around in the academy getting yelled at, fucking called a fat pussy, things like that. But then, his then, thing with me is I had rolled shoulders. He always go, "Pull your fucking scaps back, dude." Oh, well, it's good. It's good advice. I used to get, I got dragged in, given given a pair of like 52 pants. So they were real baggy. And instead of a training shirt, a jersey. So I'm sitting on like a rower 
and I'm like overweight. I'm at school, but I'm not super overweight. Jeez, and he's just, he's like, you're a fucking, you're just a disgrace. You look terrible. <laughs> what well, they'd be considering you here. And I'm like, oh, mate, I'm okay. Like, I'm going to be all right. I probably won't be the world's best player, but I'll be, I'll be decent. Um, I speak of the devil, the Taz just bought some chewing gum. Thank you, boys. Yeah, oh, good. Eastwood, I have been uh, having half a piece. I have half a piece chubby because I my crippling anxiety won't allow me to have a whole piece, but I can have half a piece. And I think the boys can tell when I've had half a piece because I'm shooting. You are more Mate. a downers type of guy than an uppers type of guy. Eh? <laughs> I, I smashed that chewing gum and I know a lot of our boys do. It's greatly appreciated. It's probably the number one pre-game product for us. Yep. Well, mate, I, I appreciate that. Um, people buying caffeine gum means that I can talk shit to people like you two and consider this a job. So it's awesome. Jed, uh, anything to finish? Any rants? Anything, any fucking things you want to promote? Just anything. Inspirational messages. Fill the hill. Fill the hill. Blues gun. Fill the hill. I like the hill. I think it's a good movement. It's, it's smart of the task to play there. I want to say thank you to you guys. Yeah, I am down a couple of kilos, so I'm feeling a bit lighter on my feet. Thanks for noticing. I noticed. I noticed. Uh, no, I just want to say thank really you. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, and yep, yeah, still celibate for now. I'm going to keep shaving the goatee. Once the goatee sort of grows back into the beard, then it might be time to get back on the market. <laughs> While we got Jed here, let's come up with some kind of bet for next week. I told you the bet. I got my whole family in town for the first time since 2014, so that could be a dangerous, oh, no. dangerous I mean, weekend. Well, I don't know what. Just making you, I reckon you should have to work one day in. The, oh no, you've already worked in the factory. Um, you got to come on the tools with me for a day, maybe. <laughs> I'll do that. I know. I'll do that. Not bad enough. I'm, I'm do but that'd be bad. fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, <laughs> that'd I know. Be that'd, fun. That'd be fun for both of us. I, I'm still stuck on the neck tattoo as an idea. Um, how about, how about if we win, James Whalen comes on the podcast? <laughs> and if you win, Greg. Greg Down. I don't want Greg on the fucking podcast. That's not a win for me. <laughs> well, anyone you want, you just fucking name it. I don't I don't think Whaler should be in the podcast. He can okay, if you guys win, Whaler can be on the podcast for five minutes, but ten minutes max. <laughs> I don't, he doesn't need this sort of press. <laughs> He doesn't need. He doesn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm relatively happy with that. Roughly, I will say I've got to say one shout out. Um, the to my mate Tom Murphy, captain of Eastwood, got a very very high game stat score. So your medical uh, entry score, Matt, very high. So well done. And the Tom. good thing about our audience is nobody knows what GAMSAT means, and I just, probably I just explained no one really it. Cares so that's fine. It's just appreciating people. I also again one more time, Cara Eagles won first grade. Every time Kara Eagles win, um, a baby penguin is born. So well done to Kara. Love how, Holloway. Have you been to Kara? No, I haven't. But I hear fantastic you. place, man. Fantastic place. Absolutely greatest, wonderful greatest people. Greatest place on earth. We are honestly. Yeah. I think if things don't go our way this year, coaching wise, each would decide I suck. South decide Chubby sucks. We move to Kara and we just do something because I love it so fucking much. It's, it's looking likely for me at the moment. <laughs> All right, stay online for one second, and I'm just going to stop recording.